Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. Now, last week I talked about the attachment cycle and went over just briefly what it means. So if you missed that one, go back and listen to that. Plus, you can go on to thewholehouse.org to our printable resources and you can get a graphic of the attachment cycle. So as I said last week, I was going to start a series on the four attachment styles in children. I'm just going to briefly list them and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about attachment parenting. So the four attachment styles are secure, avoidant, resistant or ambivalent, and disorganized. So before I really get into explaining what each one of those are, I want to talk a little bit more about attachment parenting because I think it's extremely important for all parents, but... It's even harder work for parents who are foster parents or adoptive parents. So attachment parenting. When a child moves into a new placement, he's going to use the attachment style he already knows. We have to remember that every child that comes to us through foster care or adoption, they have a history And they have a culture that may be greatly different than our own. And they have an attachment style that they have learned from either previous placements or their bio parents or grandpa, grandma, wherever they have been. And this is why it's extremely important to understand attachment styles. And we parents spend a lot of money and time trying to fix behaviors guilty raising my hand here but we and we also like I'm a book person so I definitely have a stack of books and I've always had a stack of books on my bedside table and I I love getting the little tabs and the highlighters and reading before I go to bed and having books all over the house and so I pour over those books and I'm sure that you do too about Learning styles and love languages and all of that information is extremely, extremely beneficial. I'm not saying not to do that, but sometimes we're just kind of left scratching our head when it comes to attachment. You know, we we assume that attachment parenting just is like baby wearing when they're little, when they're an infant, then you get the baby carrier and you wear them and you walk around the house with them, around the mall, around Target, whatever. Yes, that is definitely part of it. But we can't just say that that is the only way to attach to children. And I think that's sometimes where we get the idea about attachment parenting. It's just baby wearing, baby wearing and breastfeeding. And those are two important parts of attachment parenting. But there's more to it. There's so much more to attachment parenting. And if you listen to last week, you know the attachment cycle, you know the infant expresses a need, the parent meets the need. 
the infant expresses a need, the parent meets the need, and it's like that need is met over and over and over again, and that's the cycle of attachment. So it seems as if it should be seamless and natural, yet it is the hardest thing we parents will ever do. And it often isn't mentioned that attaching is work. There's a lot of work that goes into attachment parenting. And often, attachment is not even factored into parenting at all anymore. I've talked to many young moms who have made that brave decision to stay home, and yet they don't know what to do at home. And I'm sure you're familiar with this. As I scroll through Instagram, I find moms totally consumed by picture, picture I can talk today, <laughs> picture-perfect Fixer Upper Homes, a la Joanna Gaines, or other accounts that promote Pio or P90X and green smoothies and clean eating. So let me just stop right here for a second. All of those things that I just mentioned, I love. I love projecting. I love healthy foods most of the time. I love Pio. I love working out. I love all of those things. And those things are important parts of my life. But even though those things are out there and they're important, I see so many young moms just floundering at what their job is of being a mom. So what's missing? What's missing from those things that I've just mentioned on Instagram? or Facebook, or whatever, Snapchat, whatever social media you follow. One of the things that is missing is attachment. The work of attaching to your child. It's a full-time job. Now, don't get me wrong, I do see a lot of moms succeeding at it. They just don't know how to define it. Now, if I were to write a manual for motherhood, the first chapter would be devoted to attachment. However, since I'm doing this podcast and part of this, this is all of this information that I'm sharing right now is in my book, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos. I have a couple chapters in that book on attachment. So since I'm doing this podcast, I've devoted more than one episode to attachment. And in the book, like I said, there are two chapters. I think it's so important. I think attachment should be first on the list of parenting goals, not whether your child gets to an Ivy League school or the private school you want them to get into or whether they become an artist or a doctor, a musician. Your primary goal should be attachment because that's our job. And I was talking to my son-in-law, my um My grandson, Robin, was born prematurely, and he was in the NICU. And so I was having a conversation with my son-in-law when he came to pick up his kids, my grandkids. And we were just saying that when your baby is in the NICU, your number one and only job is to attach. And all you have to do is hold the baby. And he was kind of sad that some of the babies weren't being held. And he made the point to say, you know, that's your only job right now is to go into the NICU and to hold your baby. And it's the same thing with attachment parenting. It doesn't stop when your child is not an infant anymore. When they are an infant, it's your job 
to attach with them by holding them, gazing into their eyes, meeting their needs, discerning what each cry means. And when the child is older, attachment may look and will look a little bit differently. Especially if, you know, in my case, when we adopted, we adopted the oldest of our boys was um, seven. I'm not putting him in a baby carrier and wearing him around. (laughs) So it's going to look a little bit differently. So if you're scratching your head when it comes to attachment parenting, you think, okay, I'm fostering, but I'm fostering older kids. I can't wear them. I can't put them in a baby carrier and wear them. There are different ways of attaching. There are different ways in their different stages. You might have to go back and, like I said, fill in the gaps. Like It's like taking a wall that has had some holes in it and patching it up. You want to go back and do those things that these kiddos didn't get to do, whether it's singing nursery rhymes with them, reading them bedtime stories, So there's a whole element of play and joy involved in attachment parenting, especially when you have a kid from a hard place. So knowing where your child came from is the first step. To quote Maria from The Sound of Music, you start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. We parents must go back and fill in what the child missed. Having a list of developmental goals can help. Maybe if the goal is attachment, then you must use eye contact. You must use safe touch. You must have playful interactions. And you must have joy and laughter. And for, the, for best results when the kids are a little older... When they, when they come into your home, turn attachment into a game. After all, children learn best through play. Games can help disarm their fear and foster connection. Keep things playful and incorporate touch games such as putting on band-aids and taking turns giving each other a back massage. You can even revive some of those old favorites that your kids have probably never played. Mother May I, Simon Says. And I'd say for more suggestions, there's a really great book, The Out of Sync Child Has Fun. Look that one up. And you want the outcome to be that your kids have a capacity to receive nurture. You want them to be able to bond to you, receive nurture, because then later in their lives, they're, they're going to be able to turn that around and have relationships where they can give nurture and receive nurture. There's always a goal behind attachment. There's always a goal behind these things that we are pursuing with our kiddos, whether bio, adopted, or whatever. We don't just do these things because like it's the popular thing to do right now, or this is all the buzz. And I know that attachment recently, the past several years, has gotten a lot of attention and it's been all the buzz, but it's not because it's all the buzz that we do it. There are outcomes that we are looking for. We want our children to feel more secure. We want them to be able to receive and give nurture. We want them to be able to manage relationships when they're teens, when they're adults, 
and for the rest of their lives so that they can be functioning members of society and pursue whatever God has them to pursue in their life and to be successful and secure in those things. So I'm going to wrap this one up. I was hoping that I would have time to go through at least one of the four attachment styles. I'll just read about secure and then we'll start with that one next week. Okay, secure. The child feels confident that the attachment figure will be available to meet their needs. They use the attachment figure as a safe base to explore the environment and seek the attachment figure in times of distress. So that's what we want. We want our kids to be acting in a secure attachment way. We want them to know that we are there for them. We are their safe base. And when they feel, when kids who are securely attached feel as if they have a safe base, then they're more likely to go explore the environment around them. When you see a child that's extremely, extremely clingy, and you think, oh my goodness, that child is so attached to his mom or his dad. No, they're not. They're not feeling secure. Because secure kids, they might take a few minutes to warm up or half an hour to warm up to the, if it's a new environment. But eventually, they're going to go explore their environment wherever you are, at a friend's house or at a party or whatever. They're going to venture out and then keep running back to you. And I'm thinking, you know, toddler running back to you, five-year-old running back to you. And as a teen, they might kind of catch your eye, glance at you, make sure you're still there. So uh, I'll cover more about secure attachment next week, and then we'll use the following weeks to do the other three styles. So thanks for joining me today on positive adoption. And make sure that you check out the book, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos, for foster and adoptive parents if you want more information. And there's also an accompanying course on Teachable for that. You can go to thewholehouse.org to find more information about that. Thanks again for joining me today. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.